0: Well, I made a pretty bold claim in the theme that Palm Sunday reveals our deepest problem, but also the greatest solution. And to really understand Palm Sunday, I need to go back to the basics, all the way back to Genesis 3 and the nature of sin. The temptation of the serpent, Satan, You will be like God, knowing good and evil. Who could resist that? I'm going to be boss of my life. I'm in control. The world centers around me. What is this knowing good and evil? Well, a lot of pastors mistakenly think it's talking about moral good and evil. That's not it at all. It's experiential, or what I like to call existential, good and evil. When I'm in control, when I'm the boss, when I'm sitting on the throne, when I'm king of my life, I can look at things and decide, is that good for me? Do I like that? Do I want that? Or is that bad for me? Is that evil? Is that something I want to avoid? Is that something that I don't want in my life? Now, I'll give you two classic examples. I'm asking you now to revert to your sinful human nature. Money, good or bad? Good. Poverty, good or bad, good or evil? Oh, you don't want that. Um, Suffering, good or bad? No, you don't want that. A life that is easy, devoid of any struggles. Oh, yeah, we'll go for that. When we become boss of our lives, we become very short-sighted. We don't see the big picture. When we take the place of God and assume the throne of the king, that we are in control, that we rule ourselves... Big problems. So let me give you the basic definition of sin, according to Genesis 3, 5. It is when I, as a creature, put myself in the place of the Creator. It is I, as a servant of God, putting myself in the place of God. Now, the Palm Sunday crowd, it's pretty obvious what they want. They want power. They want strength. They want a militant Messiah who would destroy those capricious and cruel Romans and establish... Kingdom, an earthly kingdom of peace. It's not hard to make the correlation to our day, is it? In the world, in our nation, in our communities, what do people want? Political power. We want to be in control. We want the people we like and who agree with us to be elected and take power and straighten this world up. Now, I've told you this many times in other sermons. If you're looking to politicians to be your king, you're in deep doo-doo. It ain't going to work. Well, let's talk about a more personal level. Did you know that every problem we encounter is the result of us assuming the throne? Taking control of our lives? Well, let's just talk about some small ones. Uh, Why do people worry? Because they think they know better than God what the future should be and oh you lutherans you're so much fun when things don't turn out the way that you've planned and that you and your wisdom have decided is the way things should be you say why god why are you doing this you're judging god you've taken the throne you're a servant who's become a king Fear, insecurity, all the evils of this world are the result of sin, and remember and emblazon this on your brains, I am defining sin as the person who should be the servant, assuming and putting himself in place of God and sitting on the throne becoming the king of their life. Now, there is a short-sighted favorite solution to this among preachers, and it's this. Don't do that. Don't put yourself in God's place. Don't assume the throne. Don't kick Jesus off the throne and take it for yourself. Don't do that guess what that's terribly short-sighted the law only works temporarily and it also makes you worse because what the preacher is basically saying is you're strong enough you're powerful enough you cannot do this take control well isn't that the problem every religion every philosophy Besides Christianity, thinks this is the solution to our lives. Try harder, work smarter. So, once again, I'm defining sin as us who should be a servant of God, putting ourselves in the place of God, us who should be a servant of the true king, Jesus, assuming the throne and coronating ourselves as king. So let's go to point number two. What is the nature of salvation? And again, I'm going back to Genesis 3. It's the very first promise of a coming one who will defeat the devil who will defeat death and sin and it goes like this god is speaking to satan he says i'm going to put enmity you're going to be enemies between you and the woman between her seed and your seed now the word seed we don't want to go into that today but if you follow that through the old testament it's clearly the Messiah. The seed of the woman becomes the seed of Abraham, becomes the seed of David. And he will crush your head, and you will wound his heel. So, from the very get-go, we know that the promised one, the Messiah, the Christ, is going to destroy the devil through weakness, through suffering. So, if sin is the servant assuming the throne of the king, salvation is the king assuming the role of servant. If sin is me putting myself in the place of God as the ruler and the boss of my life, salvation is God putting himself in my place and serving even unto death, death on the cross. I'm sure the Palm Sunday crowd <coughs> was puzzled by Zachariah's words that the promised king will come, humble, in weakness, riding on a donkey's coat. Certainly not a symbol of power, not something a military general would ride and Jesus says, don't you get it? I'm giving you all the clues. My weakness is my strength. My humiliation is my glory. My wounds are for your healing. My death is so that you might have life. Don't you get it? Don't you see God's plan? Don't you understand how he's accomplishing his salvation? How he's showing you that when you're on the throne trying to save yourself, you're just going to end up with problems and misery. But if you let this weak, suffering, dying, humble king sit on the throne, you will have such strength and power in your life, you won't even believe it. It's beyond what you could imagine. Now, for the final point, Paul says it much better than I do. So let me just tell you to go back to the Philippians text. If you have any encouragement... From being united with Christ, if any comfort in his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Okay, here it comes. And I'm going to retranslate this. This is is the NIV, and there's a better translation, so you'll notice it might change. It's not the Bokkan translation. It's a different Greek expert's translation. In your relationship with one another, you have the mind of Christ Jesus. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. I have to go back and see specific incidents, but I know as a general rule that when one of numerous ancient plagues would come along the road that most people would run away. Run away, run away, fight another day. They would leave the towns and go out into the country hoping to escape the plague. Guess what the Christians did? they stayed. They ministered to the sick, sometimes even dying, because they cared that so much for other people. In the early church, this is very common. And people wonder, why did the church grow so rapidly? Why did it take over the world so quickly? This is one of the reasons. And I don't know if you know this about Luther, but Luther lived in the time of the Black Death, which killed... Okay, historians help me. I think it's a third. It could be two-thirds, but I, I know it's th- at least a third of the people. And in Wittenberg, the Black Plague did come. And guess what Luther and all of the pastors and all of the Christians did? they stayed, and they cared for the sick. You have the mind of Christ within you by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have this attitude of serving others implanted within you. That is who you are when Jesus the King sits on the throne the king whose weakness is our strength. Now, let me read the finale, the grand finale. So Jesus humbles himself to death, even death on a cross, and he becomes the power and the pattern for our lives, starting at verse 9. Therefore, big word, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue. I like the word confess better than acknowledge. Every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If you follow... Christ as a pattern, that's not going to work. You need to be assured, which Paul is saying in this text, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, the mind of Christ has been implanted in you. That the idea of serving others, even at cost to yourself is the kind of life that the mind of Christ tells you to live Jesus has been exalted to the heavens every knee will bow every tongue confess if you Let the mind of Christ empower you to serve others in this community and throughout the world. And the Internet is a wonderful thing. You can give aid throughout the world. There are groups that I support that go around the world and help people. You have that opportunity, and it is a royal opportunity, Not only was Jesus exalted because of his humility and his death on the cross, but your life will be exalted. Your life will be empowered and lifted to new new levels of excitement, enjoyment, and power. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we look at Jesus and we do experience the encouragement, the power of his love, the empowering of his spirit. Like Jesus, help us to serve. Even when it humbles us, even when we think we are losing out, Enable us as a congregation and as individuals to serve our neighbors, to serve people in this community and throughout the world. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.